Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. There are two instruments that measure the temperature of an environment, the thermometer and the thermostat. The thermometer just reacts to the temperature of the environment. When the environment heats up, the thermometer goes up. When the environment cools down, the thermometer goes down. But then there's the thermostat. Unlike the thermometer, the thermostat doesn't just read the temperature of the room, it changes the temperature of the room. Thermometers are reactive. Thermostats are proactive. Some people are like thermometers. When it comes to the environmental temperature of the relationships in their life, they simply react to the changes. When a situation gets heated, they get heated. When a situation grows cold, they grow cold. Others, well, they're like thermostats. They don't change with the environment, they change the environment. When others are cold, they warm them up with love. When tempers are hot, they cool them down with peace beyond understanding. So the question is, which one are you? Are you reactive or proactive? Are you a thermometer or a thermostat? The Bible says, don't conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, don't be changed by your environment. Instead, be changed by God's transforming power. Then, like a supernatural thermostat, you won't just change the room, you'll change the world. Wow. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Say this with me. Say, I am an environment changer. Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? Say it again. Say, I am an environment changer. So we've been dealing with this subject of relationships, and if you've missed any part of this series, I encourage you to go back to podcasts and listen uh, to that. But today we're going to deal with 10 powerful principles for cultivating great relationships. You got your pen and paper. You guys ready? Let's do this thing. Why did we spend the entire summer, let me just say this, why did we spend the entire summer on relationships? You've heard me say this before, and it, and it, and it needs to be repeated. The area of your life that the enemy is constantly attacking the most is the area that he is most threatened by. Relationships. Your marriage, your family, the relationship with your kids. Listen, See, when we, get, when, we, when, when we get our relationship with him out of sync, everything else gets out of sync. So it's important that we understand relationship and how it works. And, and, and for the married people, you, you know, I mean, there's, there's a, there's, there, can be a, there can be tension is good in, in relationship. It's when we break tension and we divide and we do our own thing. That's when we get in trouble. And the same is true in our relationship with our kids, our relationship with our coworkers. Watch this now. Our relationship with each other in the house, hello? I'm telling you, the enemy will do everything he can to cause division, to get you not to come into the house to hear what God has for you. Relationship, it all boils down to 
relationship. And let me just, I just got to tell you, the devil gets nervous when we start putting an emphasis on building healthy relationships. The devil gets, he gets nervous when we start talking about building godly relationships and great relationships. Why? Because, because when we've got this right and this lines up, we're an unstoppable force that the, the enemy, he can try to attack, but he has no power. And, the only, and I say this all the time. The only thing the enemy can steal from you is what you let your guard down and give him. Yeah. Now, these 10 principles that we're going to, we're not going to fly through, but I, I've got a lot I've got to give you today. They don't just apply to marriage. They apply to every relationship that you have with another human being. Nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, I'm leaning in for this one. Okay, get ready. Here we go. At the very beginning of the Bible, oh, ah, gosh, I got to give you that verse. We didn't even read it. Hello. Come on, y'all got to help keep me in line. Seven days away makes a brother stray. Sorry, poet didn't know it. John chapter 13. Tom and Joe, you're supposed to keep me. You're like, what's that verse? What's that verse? Okay, John 13. Are y'all there with me? John 13. Verses 34 and 35 says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Everybody say new. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Here they are. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples go back to what i just said the enemy will do everything he can to create a division or a or a tension or an unhealthy tension in the church because if if the world sees us bickering guess what they're not gonna do <laughs> it's coming here and be a part of because they can get that out there the bible says and jesus said the world will know you are my disciples you are my followers when you have love one for another and the greatest adversary to us doing this is one word. It starts with an S. Here it is, selfish. <laughs> Our selfishness is what creates the divide because I refuse to, I, it's got to be my way or the highway, my married friends. Hello, right? So he said, so, so I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Love the same way. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, at the very beginning of the Bible in Exodus, God gives us a list of his top ten commandments. You know these by or as the ten commandments. These are things that Christians are to live by. Now, if you take those 10, boil them down, you're going to get these two commandments. Are you ready? Here they are. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everybody take a deep breath this morning. Because I don't want the information that you're getting ready to get to cause you to lose your breath. I wanted to come back off, the, off vacation and be like, let me give them a happy let me give them a happy just so they just skip out of church. I love my pastor. I love Release City. I think you do anyway, right? I think you do anyway, right? Yeah. 
But it, but, but I was like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to step any more into. I'm telling you what, when we put an emphasis on, on, on growing and cultivating healthy relationships, I'm just telling you, we're gonna get healthy. The world's gonna get healthy. Our city's gonna get healthy, and we will see change and impact because of our willing to be selfless, unselfish. Amen. Now. Here's how those two are, are, are tied together. The love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Here's how those two are tied together. When you and I are at a place in our lives where we're honoring God by being obedient to him, and when we're walking with God, it will show up and impact every relationship in every area of our life. Remember what I said. When this is right, this will be right. When this is wrong, this will be you have no, it's just going to, it's just going to happen. I can always tell when, when I, when I've, I've not spent the time that I'm supposed to be with my father because it shows up in my house when I enter a room and I, and I am the thermometer, I mean the thermostat, and I change the atmosphere in my home that was once up here. Now it's down here because that's how I've been walking and I've been living. I've been in the mullet growth. I've been, you, you can walk into, you can't, you can be a a thermostat, but what's the temperature? Where are you at? It matters, again, that your relationship with him is on point. Everybody say on point. Because if it's not on point, all this is going to be dull. Amen? So it's not that you have to love God and you have to love others. Listen, he said it. It's, a, it's love others as I have loved you. In other words, love like you were loved. Love like you've been loved. Love like you were loved now. Yeah, but I messed up last night. I said some words that I know don't glorify God. Let me tell you something. He loves you through that. I mean, we talked about relationship in our, in our, in our prayer team this morning. He's our heavenly father. Yes, our daughters have, may do things that, 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 that displease us or, 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 or we're, not, we're not proud of, but that doesn't change the fact that they're my daughter, Right? We've, church has been so long trying to preach this message that well, if you mess up, God's going to strike you down and hope he changes his mind before he sends you to hell. <laughs> That's not the gospel. That's religion for sure, but it's not relationship. Nothing changes my love for our daughters. Absolutely nothing. Hello. So today, as we wrap up, wrap up our summer series, I just want to give you some principles that have helped me over the years. And, and I know that if you'll take these 10 and apply them to your life, they're going to help you in your marriage, in your parenting, in dating, and your friendships. Here's the first one, point number one. We got 10. I got to roll. Here we go. Point number one, walk in love. Walk in love. Say that with me. Say walk in love. Go to Walmart and walk in love go into that into that 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 place of business where you work you clock in and clock out and you're with them crazy people that that you just want to go in there and let you let tongues and think things fly y'all know i'm talking about the crazy 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 walk in there in love change the dynamics of the room change the temperature in the room you carry if you go in there with a you go in there with a bad attitude. That almost slipped. If you go in there with a bad attitude, it's going to be a bad day. But if you spent time with the Father 
before you got there, change your attitude, get your temperature where it's supposed to be, and then walk in the room, and everything changes. And even if it doesn't change in the right, at, just like that, just, because how many knows? You come in here on Monday, and it's like 85 in here. We come in on Saturday, or sometimes, well, now we're leaving on through the week. It takes a while to get the temperature, but we get frustrated, and we lose our mind because things didn't change as fast as we thought they would. Well, Pastor B said, when I walk in the room because I spend time with God, it's going to change. It's a process. Walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 says this, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and gave himself for us. We're to love people like that. Lay down, lay down our lives for our family. Hello, gentlemen, men. What is it saying? We are to love like Jesus loves us. I know this sounds repetitive, and, and, and if you spend any time in church, you're like, I know this. I know this, Bradley. Yeah, but how come we fail at it? How come I fail at it? Because the enemy knows that if he can mess this up, if he can mess up, it's, the, it's, it's why he attacks marriages, because he knows that if two people are committed to each other, surrendered to God, they are unstoppable, and he has got his hands full. It's why he knows that if, if, if he can break down the relationship between a, a parent and a child, if he can get them surrendered, their lives, he, know, he understands that I can't touch them. I can't touch that teenager. I mean, I don't know what planet you're living on, but he's going after students. And then next level thinking, here we go. It's why if we can stay, if we can stay unified as a body, he cannot touch us. It's why he goes after the church. It's why he tries to divide us and separate us because he knows there's 12 acres sitting on just down the road that, that is being prepped and ready. I'm telling you, he knows. And he'll do everything he can to stop that movement. That doesn't mean release is any more important. But I want to be right. So we got to love like Jesus. Now, I want to say this. It's important to point out. It's impossible to obey this scripture. To love like Jesus if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Because y'all know, it, sometimes it takes some Jesus in you to love some people. Y'all got family members like that? Oh, I got family members like that. Not in this room. I know you oh, my God, you're calling out. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I got people in my extended family. Crazy. And it takes the love of Jesus in me. Not to say some of the things that I know you probably told some of your family members. What am I saying? We don't just follow a, a book. We follow the author of the book. It's not just about looking at the book. It's looking at Jesus because this book represents the life of Jesus. You got to get into the book. Sound like Dennis today. Bah! Romans chapter 5. Are you there? Say almost. Okay. Come on. Let's go. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So God loves, God's love has been poured out on us. The Holy Spirit now dwells inside of us. And because of that, we can now experience this walk. We can now, uh, excuse me, experience this love. We can walk in this love. And we can now share this same love because we understand that such a worm as I, if you remember the hymn. All right, let me keep moving. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke chapter 10, 25. I'm just giving you some scripture today. Y'all cool with that? Yeah, yeah. All right, 25 through 29 says this. 
One day, an expert in religious law, <laughs> this would be called religious people. Ever seen any? Okay, watch what religious people do. <laughs> Jesus didn't like them. Neither do I. The Bible says you got to love everybody. It didn't say you got to like them. Amen. One day, an, ex an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? I love that. Jesus always answers a question with a question. What does the law of Moses say and how, how, how do you read it? The man answered that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, right, do this, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. Religious person. Always looking to justify their actions, extending little to no grace to, the, to their brother or sister who needs it as well. Okay. Skirting right on through. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So Jesus responds to this man with a story of the Good Samaritan. This was the time, of, uh, uh, this was the time period where the Jewish, pe Jewish people hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jewish people. Basically, what Jesus was telling this guy through the story that he began to tell and share with, with him was that your neighbor is the person that you don't like. Love them like I love you. Should I stop or go on? Like that right there, everybody got a person that you know you, you, got, you got strife with? You got, you got their picture, your picture in your mind? Some of y'all's faces just turned red. I know that you guys got that picture now. Yeah. He said, that's your neighbor. Not the person that you build a relationship we call neighbor that lives beside us on the other side of the fence. That's neighbor. No, I'm talking about neighbor that you know you don't like. Love them just like I, <coughs> excuse me, just like I love you. What's that mean for you <clears throat> and me today? It's the person that you don't want to love. I don't want to. I don't want to love them, Jesus. Anybody ever said that? What Jesus was teaching them, and he's reminding us today, is we can have such a supernatural walk where we don't have to live in hate. Hello, we are living in a generation where it, it's been okay to, 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 to hate on people. They've been sipping on haterade. He said, you, you, can, you can live in such a supernatural walk. You don't have to live the way the world. You may be in the world, but you're not of the world. Hello, somebody. We don't have to live in hate. We don't have to live in bitterness. Jesus was saying, you can and you must love your neighbor, but it's only possible through the Holy Spirit living and dwelling on the inside of you. So point number one, you must walk in love. Number two, choose your relationships wisely. I'm trying to help some people today. Choose your relationships wisely. Paul tells the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be misled. You know this one. Bad company corrupts good character. And he starts by saying don't be misled. Guess what, Guess what that tells me, church? There's the possibility that I can be what? Misled. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That word corrupt means to either wither or spoil. It, 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 let me say it this way. Y'all heard the old saying, guilty by association? It's more than guilty by association. You associate, you become guilty because you're going to be doing the same thing. 
I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how much you, I'm not, and again, I'm not old school telling you, old school church where you got to come out from among them and be ye separate. Bless God, if I don't, if I'm not in the room, if I'm not in the room with them, if, how can I offer the salt and light that is in my life to people who need it? So that, that I, I get it, come out from among them, be you separate. Yeah, you can be in the room, but you don't have to say the same things they're do, saying. You don't have to do the same things they're doing. Hello? See, 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 see. When we, when, we, when we get heavy on one side of the Scripture, it makes it impossible. That's because we're looking at the Scripture rather than the one who is actually trying to. He's the one that all of this, the Word, the Scripture is God-breathed, God-ordained. It's from God. But we learn what he means through the relationship. Amen? Paul says, choose your relationships carefully. That doesn't mean you're mean to anybody else. That doesn't mean you're unkind. That doesn't mean Release City is, is special or elite. And, and No, 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 no. It's, that's not what it's saying. It means we're friendly to all. Write this down. We're friendly to all, but we're friends with a few. Did you hear me? It doesn't mean be unkind. You're no better. I'm no better. Be friendly to all, but, but be friends with a few. Choose your friends wisely. Let me say it this way. It's not about being better than anyone. It just means that we're careful with the people that we allow closest to us. The people that you hang with the most will be your greatest influence. The people that you hang with the most will be your greatest influence. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. 13, verse 20 says this. He who walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools. You hang out with foolish people? Hello, this is my translation. You hang out with foolish people? Back to the word. says you will be destroyed. He who walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Destroyed. Your five closest friends matter. Closest friends. Your five closest friends matter. It matters. Your life will become impacted by the relationships that you choose. How many can look back over your life and go, I know I was there because of the relationships I chose. I went through that because of the people that I was hanging out with. Now, I am where I am today. I wouldn't change because I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the passion that I have today. See, the enemy try, try to beat you up and make you feel bad because you did. No, I am who I am today, and I can actually understand that stuff because I went through it, and so did you. And God wants to use what the enemy meant for evil in your life, and he wants to turn it around for your good and the good of those around you. That's why it's important that you're being the influencer and not the one being influenced. The same is true for singles. Oh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me back up. Let me say this. Oh, let me go back to married people. If you find a married couple who is healthy, you, like, you can look at them and go, man, they're a healthy couple. Nine times out of ten, it's because they hang out with other healthy married couples. But if you hang out with, as a married couple, you hang out with other married couples that got, that it's a mess, <laughs> it won't be long. Chaos attracts chaos. Same is true for singles. You're not going to find the right one in the wrong crowd. 
You're not going to find the right one at 1 a.m. in the morning at the club in Gville. When you choose the right friend group, the right one will be in the right place for you. Where are all my single people at? <laughs> Someone like, I was in the club last night. Listen, did you hear what I said? When you choose the right friend group, the right one, the right one will be in the right place for you. Are you trying to be the matchmaker or would you prefer to let God? Yeah, but I need him to have all his teeth. <laughs> okay, see, you can't even tell jokes anymore because... I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's true. You're like, yeah, but if I give him to God, God don't really know what I like. Who do you think put the desire for her to be cut and, and, and him to be... Who do you think put that in you? God. So guess what he wants to do? Give you that. Just know that if that happens at a young age, things change. <laughs> because when she married me in my 20s, I had hair. And as Jenna would say, Gida, your hair fell to your face. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to meet healthy friends in, 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 in you're not going to meet healthy friends in unhealthy places. When you get in a healthy environment, you're going to find healthy people. All right, let me keep on skipping down. Am I only number three? Jesus, Micaiah. <laughs> Point number three, here we go. Be a celebrator. We may pick this up next week because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to flow through these, but I know, where, I, I know the direction he wanted to go next week, so we'll just see what happens. Number three, be a celebrator. I want to hang out with people who celebrate others. We want to be a ministry in a church that celebrates others. I'm not worried about mine. God will give me mine when it's my time. Did you hear me? I'm not worried about that church property. I'm not worried about who, who's got property and what churches is maybe not. And there, I don't know anybody in this town. I'm just, telling, I'm just telling you how the enemy works in my mind. I don't care about so-and-so already bought some property, and they made me building before us, and we, we bought our property two years ago. I'm doing things in God's timing. It's not about my timing. Hello? I'm not worried about mine because God will give me mine when it's my time. But right now, if you're in the spotlight, I'm celebrating you. Man, if the church could just get like that with other churches, the damage we could do on the gates of hell. Mm -mm. Listen, if people would celebrate others instead of hating on everybody. If, pe if, if people want to, I want to be a people that wants to see other people win. I want to be a people in a body that want to see others succeed. We got to get rid of jealousy. We got to get rid of insecurities. And we got to get rid of resentment. They will corrupt relationships. James chapter 3, verse 14 and 16. Maybe I'll just get to point number five and we'll pick them up next week. Is that okay with y'all? Okay. You're like, thank you for the option, pastor. <laughs> you didn't keep us here. James chapter 3, verse 14 and 16 says this. Listen, this is why I don't want to fly through it. Because if y'all miss this, here's what he says. But if you harbor bitterness, excuse me, if you harbor bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts... Do not boast in it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly. Stop. Did you hear what he said? All of what he said is negative, but he said it's wisdom. No, that didn't make sense to me either. He said such wisdom does not come from above, but it is earthly. See, there's a difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. It takes me to another verse that says just, be, uh, uh, just, because, just because you, let me say it this way. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because the, God says you can do it doesn't mean that it, it's what you need to do. 
for your life. Stop, stop saying, well, so-and-so is doing it, so it guess should be okay for me. So-and-so hasn't got the same call in their life that you do. Such wisdom, wisdom does not come from above, it is, it, but, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every evil practice. What is James saying? He's saying there is a way of thinking and a way of wisdom that is worldly. It's being bitter. It's being envy. It's envious, uh, uh, selfishness. Trying to get, it's trying to get ahead. I'll step on whoever I need to on the ladder. I'll, I'll break their fingers off that ladder so I can climb a little higher. Anybody ever known people like that? I want to be the person. Hey, I know we're going for the same job. Guess what? Let me help. <laughs> Let me help you. Because this is what I believe. Because if that position was mine, there's no demon that can walk into somebody's office and go, don't give it to him. If that position is for me, it will be mine. Stop being jealous and envious of what everybody else got and what they're doing. Tearing other people down. Tearing other churches down. <laughs> we got to stop. Church, I'm speaking to the church as a whole, not us. Because I don't tolerate that stuff. Not here. I've been in ministries, seen how it is divisive and how it will blow up a church and relationships. And I don't tolerate it. And the devil knows it. That's why when those people come in, they find their way out. I don't even have to do any work. God sweeps the floor for me. Because this is his house. And this is holy ground. And there's been sacrifices that have been made for us to be here. And on my watch, it's not going to happen. So be a celebrator, not a hater. Number four, be a person of honor. Be a person of honor. Those of you that knew my dad, he lived as a man of honor. It didn't mean he was perfect. Because if you got a few hours, we can talk. And neither was I. But he lived as a man of honor. He always celebrated others before himself. That's the foundation that's been laid in this ministry. And we carry that legacy forward. You want to have great relationships? You're going to have to learn how to honor others. Uh, let's go back to the verse. Love your neighbor. Honor your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? The person you don't want to honor. Here, you want it to? Here, let me help. You want this parking place? I know it's raining. And I got my family, but I'm going to let you have it first. Not sit there in your car and look at them crazy. Oh, I've been there. I've done it. Amy's like, you're a pastor. Sometimes she helps the Holy Spirit keep, keep me straight. <laughs> I just broke my rule. Anyway, um, so let me say this about honoring others. To be a person of honor doesn't mean, listen, write this down because I'll go slow. To be a person of honor doesn't mean that we, are, we always believe that they are worthy of honor. It's just saying I'm a person of honor. Going back to the neighbor thing. I don't want to honor them. Don't want to, don't have to. Well, according to the scripture, I got to. To be a person of honor doesn't mean that we always believe people are worthy of honor. But it's saying I am a person of honor. 
It's saying, I'm going to be a man of honor. I'm going to be a man that doesn't tear people down. I'm going to be a person who chooses to see the best in others. Y'all got that wrote down? I got one more for you. Here it is. Honoring doesn't mean that we can't disagree. It just means that I'm going to look beyond the disagreement and choose to value you as a person. It doesn't mean we won't disagree. It just, it just, uh, that we won't have it, that I won't, we can't disagree. It just means that I'm going to look beyond the disagreement and choose to see the value inside of you. That's how you honor somebody. If you're looking at their actions, you're like, that's not, that's not, I, I don't, it's not even worthy of honor. Maybe not, but are you a person of honor? Honor others. See, you can share what you have. You can share and give who you are. And you can change the room by honoring people. Start setting, start setting the model for people in your company, people in your business, people that you work with, people in your church. A lot of times when you guys are coming in, I'll walk through the kids' area and just say, hey, thank you, in the cafe and other areas of people serving. Been here serving since way before I got here. And I just say, hey, thank you for serving today. It's honoring people, recognizing people, celebrating people, building healthy relationships. Romans 12.10 says this, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I want, to, I want you to get that image in your mind, above. Above. Honor people above you. And sometimes you got to help them get there. Let me... I'm honoring you by putting, placing you above. I value you more than I do me. Remember, God will take care of you. Amen? In closing, let me give you number five. I really thought I'd get through all of these today. I stayed in that room a little too long this week. Actually, I didn't because it was good for me. Because I needed this. Number five, be a person who forgives now I preached a whole sermon we took a whole Sunday and we talked about this so I'm not going to re-preach it but I'm going to say this to forgive is to let it go say that with me let it go see the thing you got to understand about forgiveness is this if I'm holding on to what was I'll never be able to receive what God has for me next the only way you can receive something is if you have your hand the only, oh, thank you, Jesus. The only way you can receive something is when you're like this. Now, you can, like, be holding on to your stuff and be like, here, just lay it right here, Jesus. Or, or, or just put it under my, put, y'all ever done that before? You're holding it, you're like, just sit it, right, just sit it right there and I'll hold it. Well, basically, you're saying what you're giving me really isn't that important. It's not as important as what I have in my hands because I need to hold on to that hurt. I need to hold on to that. They really did me wrong. I got to hold on to that. Is anybody hearing me today? Forgiveness is letting go so that you can receive what's next. Letting go of what was happened. Letting go of the past so that you can have what's next. And the enemy wants you to hold on to because he knows. The enemy, he knows. That he was in, the, the devil was in heaven. He knows that every gift is perfect from God. So guess what? He knows that what God has for you is perfect. And he wants to rob you of it. be done we'll be done shoot i've been going to 12 20 i won't go that long i'm gonna give you this one number six be a person who does not lie 
be a person who does not lie. Some of you are like, well, you just lied to us, preacher, because you said we were done. We are done. But I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm done. i got to give you this. Be a person who doesn't lie. Here's your, here's your scripture verse, John 8, 44. When he lies, who? The devil. He speaks his native language because he is a liar and the father of lies. Can I tell you why you should never lie? Because you never want to speak the same language as the enemy of your soul. His language is a lie. You never want to speak the same language as the devil. Are y'all still here? Anybody mad at me because I just went ahead and took the liberty? Okay. Because I know what he's got next week. We're going, we're, we're, dude, I, I came back refreshed, revived, and I'm ready to finish 2023 strong because we got work to do in 2024. Not that we've done anything wrong in 2023. Because in case you didn't know, we're, we're giving away 240 backpacks. Last year we did like 120 something. I, I don't know. I could be messing that number up every, every time I say it. But we doubled. We more than more because of your giving, because of your generosity, because of your faithfulness. We got big stuff to do in 2024. Amen. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. So I'm like, we ain't even into August yet. You're already trying to cross the finish line in December. Anytime the devil speaks, it's a lie. How do you recognize, how, how to recognize if it's the voice of the enemy? If it causes division, that is not a God thought. Is this mic on? If it brings any, any form of division, that is a lie from the enemy. Let me say this. Anytime we entertain the lie of the devil, it's not so much about us hearing what he's saying, but we're opening ourselves up to his intent to be deceptive or deception. Let me give you three scriptures. I'm not going to read them. I'm going to give them to you. Write them down. Here, here it is. Proverbs 12, 22. Ephesians 4, 14. Excuse me, 4, 15. And Proverbs 12, 19. Let's be a people that tells the truth. Here's another one. Here we go. I can't run over this one, but I got I to gotta give it to you. Number seven. How are you going to build and cultivate healthy relationships? Be a person who runs from sexual sin. Be a person who runs from sexual sin. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says this. Run from sexual sin. No other sin it, it so clearly affects the body as this one. We're talking about building healthy relationships. For sexual, for, excuse me, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. It says run. It doesn't say pray about it. It doesn't say resist it. It says run from it. Brother, don't put yourself in a position to be tempted by it. Because it will destroy your life. I'm going to keep moving. Verse 15 says this, uh, of, the same, of the same chapter, verse uh, chapter 6 says this, Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. What, what he's trying to get us to see is, once you are a Christian, there's no, there's no Christian side of you and a worldly side of you. 
You are, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. He hears all those conversations. Those things that your eyes see, he sees. Basically, he's saying you don't belong to you anymore. And that burns our that burns us up. <laughs> it burns us up. Why? Because we're selfish. We are selfish people. Don't tell me that I'm not my own. I'll do what I want. And that's why you keep wrecking. Number eight. Oh, ah. you must honor God with your body and when. And when you do, you will be, and by honoring God in this area, let me, let me put it the way I said it when I wrote it down. You must honor God with your body. And when you begin to honor God in this area, lust will lose its power. Let me tell you something. Lust is powerful, and it's a dark hole and a trap, and it's not just men. I know y'all don't ask for all this today, but I'm trying to build healthy relationships. Let me tell you how to, you want me to tell you how to destroy a marriage? You let lust come in. Oh, ma'am, I'm talking to you too. Let me just look around the room because I don't need somebody thinking, well, he was looking right at me. But we automatically think that's because dudes can't handle it. The reason the world is in the condition that it is today is because the church won't talk about it. We don't want to offend anybody. We got to be politically correct. Politically correct will send your soul to hell. Period. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a pansy preacher. I'm not tiptoeing around your feelings. I'm stomping on the devil. Tell him he can't have you and you're not going to hell. Not on my watch. I'm going to tell. Oh, you can. It's your choice. But my choice is I'm going to stand in the gap for you until and God says, it's, it's it. So we'll talk about sex. We'll talk about lust. We'll talk about the stuff that the Bible calls sin. I ain't scared to talk about it. I got to stop or we're going to go into a two-week revival right here and it's 12.05. I got to stop. Y'all ain't ready. Number eight, number eight, number eight, number eight. Be a person who doesn't cancel. <laughs> I'm going to be real careful. Be a person who doesn't cancel. Don't give in to this insane craziness of cancel culture. Yes, I said it. This is word. This is scripture. Listen, we can disagree. You can have formed opinions. You can vote your values. You, I will never use this platform for any political. Uh, that, that is. So hear me. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy trying to twist my words. We can disagree. We, we, can, we can have different formed opinions. You can vote your values. You can stand for what you believe in. You can share your convictions. But hear me. We must refuse to join the mob of cancel culture that is running rampant in the world. We can disagree. Listen. We can disagree with an honoring spirit. They may not be worthy of honor, but I'm a man of honor. Somebody said, are you in the flesh? Not at all. But it's time for me to stop being reserved. 
Because people in our town are going to hell. Yeah, in our small town. People are going to hell. I can communicate my values with the love of God. And there's not a lot of that going on. And even in the church. I can stand for truth with a spirit of grace. You don't have to give in to this mindset that if I disagree with you, now I hate you and I cut you off. That's not kingdom mentality. Number nine, be a person who doesn't gossip. You will never build, you're never going to build great relationships as a gossip. Write this verse down. I'm not going to read it. Proverbs 18, 7, 8. Proverbs 18, verses 7 and 8. Never say something about someone that you wouldn't say to someone. Never say something about someone that you're not willing to say to them personally. What am I saying? Refuse to gossip and refuse to listen to gossip. Here's how you test that conversation. I'm almost done. Is what's being said about that person, would it make them feel good about themselves or bad about themselves? You want to be a, you want to be a thermometer in the room? Change and be a thermometer and tell me about your conversations. Is what's being said about that other person, would it make them feel good if they were standing right there or would it make them feel bad about themselves? Are you speaking good things about them or are you tearing them down? If not, make the choice to either end the conversation or remove yourself from it. Bottom line, gossip is a relationship killer. Number 10, and I'm done. Adam's going to come pray. Number 10. Be a person of prayer. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Be a person, person of prayer. Remember this, prayer is effective. Prayer releases healing. Anybody been following Jake's, little Jake's story? Y'all remember us praying just a few weeks ago along with other churches in our community and other people in our community? That's a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. I want to see it. Okay, you're going to hear me say it as your pastor. Get on Facebook and look at, 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 look at their story. That's a miracle. Prayer, prayer brings freedom from addiction and sin. Prayer connects us to God's power. Prayer invites heavens, possibilities into your impossible situations. Prayer removes and replaces worry. You got issues with worry? Pray. It can't stay. Prayer is powerful. Choose to become a prayer warrior for your friends. If somebody just says casually, hey, will you pray for me? I sure will. Let's go right here. This is us. This is who we are. This is what we do. When we begin, come on, Adam, when we begin to make these 10 a priority in our lives, thank you guys so much for, for the last 10 minutes that I stole back, okay? We, when we begin to make these 10 a priority in our lives, we become stronger. 
Our relationships become stronger. Our church becomes stronger. And when the church becomes stronger, we will be a people that sees big changes in our city. If you believe it, get on your feet and give Jesus Christ a praise offering. Somebody say amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.